Hello, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I am with no one. I'm doing a solo episode because I am going to Australia this evening. Well, New Zealand, actually, and doing a three-week tour. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a recording in before I went with the guest. This is the difficulty of podcasts because you're relying on aligning your schedule with other people's. And unfortunately, a few people cancelled on me for whatever reason, and it's completely cool. Um, so yeah, I'm on my own today. My plan is to just talk and share with you some insights into how my year has gone so far. Maybe try and share some golden nuggets of wisdom and just offer some entertainment. So if you don't want to hear me talk for the next half an hour or so, maybe switch off, but I will try to make this as entertaining as possible and valuable. And before we start, don't forget, if you make music or want to get started making music, check out the Syntho app. So the first thing I want to mention is coffee. You, you guys know I love coffee, but I just want to mention how good this coffee machine I bought is. It's by Sage, I believe. Well, I say bought. I got it as a gift for Christmas from my parents. When I first got it, I was like, oh, I quite enjoyed buying coffee. I don't want to make my own coffee. Uh, if you don't know, I bought a coffee every morning, basically, for the last three years. I used to think, why would you spend three pounds a day on a coffee? And then I realized the experience, the vibe of them making the coffee, smelling it, and just the whole experience is worth three pounds. 20 times over, I'd, I'd spend 20 pounds on a coffee. Uh, but anyway, I'm a coffee head. I have probably two or three a day. I'm not like a an abuser, a caffeine abuser, but I do use it to um, help with deep work, to focus, help it to train. Um, and in general, I really like the idea of a nice brewed coffee. But anyway, I got this machine for Christmas for my parents and... There is a local coffee shop in my town who sell great beans. My brother got some beans um, and he was making coffee the first week. I was like, I can't be bothered. I've not got time. I am just going to leave it to him. And then he booked me a barista masterclass, which I've not been on yet because it got. I had to push it back the first time because I had my team, my Synthro team working with me in person. And then the second time they cancelled on me. So anyway, the course is pushed back to, to April. But I took it upon myself to go on YouTube and I searched a guy called James Hoffman um, and his videos are so good. He's like this coffee expert who talks about the best way to compress it, to spin it round. I don't know the technical terms and how long you should let it set for and all these different tools that you can buy. And yeah, it's safe to say I am hooked. It is so much better than high street coffee. I'm going to have a sip now just to uh, remind myself. But yeah, it's so much better than high street coffee. Um, I think it's a combination of using nice filtered water because we're, we're using the filtered water from the fridge, which then goes through the filter in the machine. I also believe it's the nice quality beans and then we're making it, grinding it nicely and then whisking it around, making sure it's even and we're compressing it and then not using too much water. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got this little mug, which is a bit... It's got coffee on the side of it. But yeah, I think the water to coffee ratio is less, which is tastier. And now when I go to like Starbucks or Costa, it tastes like sewage. So I'm now officially a coffee snob. I'll probably grow a mustache next and be a hipster. But fortunately, I'm going to the land of coffee, Australia. I don't know if it's the land of coffee, but it's the land of good coffee. And I'm going to be observing the baristas there. I was told that people who make coffee in Australia have to have done a barista course um, whereas like in England, you can just get any old person just turning up to anywhere 
and just being trained on the job. Whereas there, they've got to do a proper course. I don't know if that's true or not. But even in the shops, you can buy coffee and like clothing stores and stuff. So yeah, that along with some nice avocado, which is also fantastic in Australia. I believe because it's farmed there. It's the, the best place of breakfast ever. So I'm heading there tonight via, well, I'm going to New Zealand first, flying to Auckland and get to Auckland Friday morning. And then I'm flying to Wellington straight from Auckland as that's where I'm playing on Saturday. I was meant to play in Auckland to begin with, but it got moved. Last time I went to Sydney, I actually flew a day early. So I had what I thought would be a day to kind of get used to the time zone. But that is incredibly stupid when you think about it because it's completely opposite time zone and you're playing a gig at night. So you're better off staying in your time zone to play the gig. So this time I'd planned to arrive Friday morning, but now there's no gig there. It's actually on Saturday. So I've got this kind of 36 hour void between getting there and playing when I'm not sure at all when I'm going to sleep. By the time this goes out, I've done it. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen there. The sleep issue is is hard. I remember last time, I think I just was literally just having naps and then going playing, sleep for a few hours, travel, and it was all a bit chaos. But I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, it's like seven shows in total. So I'm very blessed to be getting the opportunity to do such an epic thing. And in general, yeah, I'm really happy to be going. But it has come at a time when... There's a lot of other things going on. I'm going to talk about the media side first of the YouTube, the podcast, because people were always asking me, can you do the podcast again? Will you start it? When's the next one? And to be honest, it's been a pretty fun experience since starting it again in January. We've had a lot of plays, a lot of views, a lot of great feedback. The content on social media has done really well. So in general, I feel like there is a nice buzz around it, but it is hard to align with other people's schedules. I don't think there's any way I can outsource this to someone else to make it easier. No monetary amount can make it easier. Because one is, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really that um, keen on just talking to people for the sake of it. There's obviously guests I could find, but if I'm not interested in them, what is the point of bringing them on to the podcast? Because at the end of the day, I want to enjoy this this, this project and everyone I've brought on so far, I've had an interest in what they do. Um, But then other people are like, ask him to come on or ask her to come on. I'm just like, well, I don't really know what I'd ask them. I'm not curious about the whatever it is their thing is, or I don't really think there's that much value to add. So it's a bit of a tough one there. I think the probably best way is to start to try and diversify my guests from other industries, um, other places where I find um, a lot of interest in, I guess. And I could kind of pick their brains and turn it into a music-related version of their niche, whether it be like, business stuff, well-being, fitness, marketing, um, and things like that. So the podcast will continue. This is going to be the only episode for maybe like three weeks, if you're watching this in real time. And in general, I think there's a lot of potential here. I was going to rebrand it to, well, I changed the name from the Cinder podcast to the Josh Baker podcast, which I thought, okay, I want to try and grow my personal brand more. Um, because you never know where this shit can take you. You know, Chris Williamson, uh, his podcast, Modern Wisdom, I listen to He's probably the biggest influence on me as a content creator, as he's super, super smart, super great content. I'm going to try and get him on this show, actually, Um, maybe in like 10 episodes time when I'm a bit more well-oiled. He was saying that on a podcast, he said that an airline has now purchased or is purchasing or going through the process of putting his podcast on an airplane. So when you're in flight entertainment, like this shit can take you so far. You know, who knows? TV, TikTok, like you don't know where this stuff can take you. 
And that's why I like the idea of moving it from the Cinder podcast to the Josh Baker podcast. So it helped build my brand more because originally I called it the Cinder podcast and more people said Syntho and they learned what it was at a time when my audience didn't know what Syntho was. Whereas now I think most people know what it is to an extent and I prefer to use the podcast to push that separately. I think it sits better in the ecosystem. But I don't really like the idea of calling it the Josh Baker podcast. There's something about that that seems off to me. It's not like a brand. So I had this idea of a name called the Slice of Life podcast. However, do I really have the time to be building another brand? Does it get confusing? Should I just call it the Josh Baker podcast? At the end of the day, I don't think anyone cares what it's called. I don't refer to podcasts as their name usually. It's usually just the pr- promote that, the presenter that I kind of say, oh, listen to Joe Rogan, listen to Tim Ferriss, listen to, um, you know, whatever. I don't really say I'm listening to the Joe Rogan experience or Modern Wisdom. So yeah, the podcast, I'm not sure whether to actually brand it up. Obviously, you can do things like live shows. I could do anything. I could take it on the road. And there's obviously more room for expansion if you're building a proper brand around it. It's more scalable than just having it as your name. But it's more work. Is it confusing? Do I need to do it? Is there higher points of leverage in my ecosystem right now? Probably yes. But then again, the podcast is fucking powerful, especially the social media clips, which I can collab with the people who come on the show. I can then get exposed to their audience. They get exposed to mine. It's a very, very good little uh, transaction of eyes. eyes. So YouTube is the other kind of media piece that I've really wanted to double down on this year. It's going okay. For Syntho, we're putting some kind of taster bits for what's inside the app. That's going really well. Obviously, we did the podcast on a separate channel. I'm starting to think I should have just done it on my own channel. But then it's that whole brand thing because the podcast has done so well, but it's got on a separate channel. So like I'm trying to grow three YouTube channels, which is probably not the optimal thing. Um, but yeah, I've done some really cool vlogs. I've started the DJ Diaries of YouTube. I think this project could be really cool because I think the DJ Diaries is my USP and my niche. So I need to lean into that more for the YouTube content opposed to trying to like fit this whole like, I don't know, you know, people, this positivity, self-development thing. That isn't me. Even though sometimes I think people think I'm this super positive kind of, you know, smash life. Like I do want to smash life. I am positive, but I'm also not all for like um, self-affirmations. What's the word now? When you think about something, manifestation, all that, uh, make a plan and do it. That's my outlook on it. And I'm not really a fan of outsourcing um, our future to a higher self. However, I may be wrong. Uh, I just don't really think it's that beneficial. Just me. So I never want to get caught up in this like self-development, whimsical, airy-fairy stuff, if I can say that anymore. But you know what I'm trying to get at. So yeah, the, the whole media side is going good. It does take a lot of work between recording and then my team editing it and then repurposing the socials. It's a full-on operation, but I think it looks good. So I appreciate if you've listened 12 minutes so far nearly, you must be interested in everything that's going on. So I, I thank you very much for listening and please like, comment, subscribe, etc. before we move on to the next point. So next I'm going to talk about DJing. Um, it is a very weird one, the DJing, because this is what we set out to do to begin with. Who would have thought when I bought a first pair of decks, I'd then have a podcast talking about the whole thing and also be teaching people whilst also then building quantitative growth loops on how to grow the app and things like that. It's, it's wild how it's happened. And for anyone that asks me for advice, I just say once one foot in front of the other and just try and be the best you can be at any given task. How you do 
anything is how you do everything. That saying is great. Um, basically just means that if you slack on one thing, then you are a slacker. You need to do everything properly. Um, but the DJing has gone great. Um, December was quite quiet for me, to be honest. And I was thinking like, hmm, do I need to reinvent myself here? Is something going wrong? Uh, I hate to use the phrase trust the process, but sometimes you just got to trust the process and know that there is peaks and troughs in bookings. And then we had the Oz, obviously had the Oz tour lined up, which is starting tonight. But while I'm in Oz, I probably got about six requests from great promoters for, for European-based gigs. So things are definitely picking up that side. Um, I am finding it hard to separate the digging, etc., from everything else. Digging takes a long time. But I do like the idea of playing a bit more digital this year and fusing the two. Last year, I was playing mostly records, which is good, but it's very time-consuming to find more records. And it limits you a bit with being a bit more spontaneous with um, whacking tunes in USB and then playing some new stuff you've been sent, trying your own stuff out. I know you can mix the two, but I was finding when I just played records on their own, I was enjoying it more. But this year, we're going to transition a bit more to digital. I played in The Loft last weekend in Amsterdam. That was really good. I only played digital because I felt that was the right vibe. The party was uh, had an unannounced lineup. So as much as the concept is great of an unannounced lineup, you then get people turning up who they don't know what to expect. And when you're DJing sometimes, it's actually harder when you, they've not come to see you because you've got to you've got to be professional and deliver what you think is the right thing for the room. Because they're not coming to see you, it may be the only time they ever see you. So it's this thing I've, I always say to everyone, it's this, this art, this service, and the dancing in the middle thing. And that was probably one that I danced more to the service side of things. And the promoter even said, that, wow, that was a professional job. Um, and when he said that internally, I was like, I know what you mean, um, because <clears throat> I delivered a professional job from my own perspective and thought, I know what's required here. I know what tunes are going to work. And I premeditated that set to, to, to an extent because I knew what was going to work in that room. I just knew I did a bit of research and just, you know, weighed up what I believed the avatar would be. And it works really, really good. The the set, I played like a nice fusion of underground house and some more vocally stuff and it worked really, really good and the, the party was great. So moving on to Australia's actual selections, I'm going to be be quite open to playing different stuff at all the different gigs. I've never really done a proper tour where I've played this many gigs in quick succession. So I still don't know, will I want to tr- switch it up between each gig? Do I want to play the same tunes? Obviously, we're going to need some sick content. You can't have the same tune at all the gigs. So I'm going to take quite a few records with me. Going to be digging in the USB and trying to get a nice selection of tunes for the old social media. I'm going to really try and use this tour as a big push for a big social media boost for TikTok. I'm going to try and do one post a day. I think this is a great time to lean into my competitive advantages, which is being on tour in Australia playing sick gigs. That is content. You know, there's no need to think about what should I post. Just document this. This is a great chance to really get some sick stuff. So yeah. And the booking side of things, the next few months look insane. I'm going to tell you on the podcast because, you know, I feel like you guys won't tell too many people. I've just got a sick booking in Romania um, with the right circle of people. Just put it that way, which at the end of March is not some waves. It's not some waves, but it's a a step in the right direction for expanding my profile in that region of the world. We also got another sick request um, 
on the other side of the spectrum, a bit more commercial stuff. Um, and we're getting a nice selection, which was kind of what the, the, the challenge has always been for the lane, I believe you and me slash I am, is that we're not underground, super underground. We're not, we're not trying to be, you know, the, the coolest diggers ever to grace the planet. We're very open to using social media to, um, build our brand. Obviously I am as well. Um, but also we're, we're far from the accessible commercial stuff. Um, so trying to find our way has been quite tough um, because you don't quite fall into this this house stuff which can accelerate you to the top dead quickly and you also don't fit in this this you know circuit of underground diggers. However, I think it's all starting to come together and the bookings are reflecting that. So I would say I'm very happy. The calendar this year looks like it's going to be every single weekend, one or two gigs a week, sometimes three. So that should be a lot of fun, but it obviously comes at the cost of time, brain cells and, and whatnot. So we'll have to see how that um, affects everything else. But the podcast especially is probably going to take a hit in the summer, but I'm going to try my best to keep at it. Um, and then we think about music production. I've made very little this this um, side of January slash February. I've made two tracks. One is really, really good though, and I got the mix back for the other day. Um, so quality over quantity but the the times i've had i've been either recording content i think this comes at the cost of making tunes for me at the moment because i find myself i have this window between nine and about 1 p.m where i'm in the zone i slam a coffee and then i do a high leverage task this, this just means what task can i do today and if everything else fails the day will be productive because it can you know grow something and today is this. I'm going away this evening. I'm new for record this. I've got some of the bits to record as like intros. Then I've done something today which is going to generate value when I'm asleep still. You know, this is going to get played. People are going to share it, etc. Um, it's something that's going to work for me while I'm not working. So that's kind of what I try and do in the morning. And music is that as well because music can be streamed. It can be um, played in the club while you're not there. This kind of idea of creating something which is there forever is, is kind of what I try and focus on in the morning. Um, and then the afternoon, I can do more strategic stuff, more planning, more emails. But obviously, sometimes I get dragged into the old Slack emails with the whole app development. Um, so yeah, the music production hasn't been at the level I want, um, but I'm okay with that. I think I'm going to make tunes with Christy Cons in March, which will be very fun. So I just know if I can be clever with my kind of spurts of, of tune making i can still smash out a lot of tunes this year i've i'm good at making um tunes in a more kind of restricted environment now in, in the fact that like if i've only got a day i could probably make something so i'm not i'm not worried uh, about the lack of tune making otherwise it would have been it would have been nice to have more but i've got work it out coming out soon which is probably my biggest track to date so i think the production side of things is going to be all good. So I wanted to share with you some news on the Syntho app. I, I've, I'm still not quite sure of how much I've shared with this, but long story short, not to go into it too much, 18 months ago, I had this idea, build this app, combine education with social media. And so far, we've only really been sharing this. So the, the education side of things with all the videos, etc. But by the time this is out, the newsfeed may be ready. We had a little hiccup last week with the newsfeed. It was meant to go out but the comment feature was not um, working. So you could write a status, 
but you couldn't reply to the comments. So it kind of made the newsfeed useless. So the developer has been working overtime to try and fix this. And this is going to basically open up a whole new world for aspiring producers because you can post, there'll be, it's like a Facebook, but just for producers. You've got other ideas for new features. It's going to be completely game-changing, but there is still, it's not even, it's not a matter of like, there's still a lot of work to do. This is a huge project and it's a it's a project for life and I've committed to it. Um, and we're already looking to build a team. <clears throat> we're looking at a product manager next. So someone who will focus on the product life cycle of coming up with a new idea through to um, then the developers, then when does it launch? How does it get used by the consumers, etc. So this whole thing that I'm doing on the side, it's not even on the side. This is the kind of like the main project right now is incredibly draining cognitively um so yeah it's it's been a very interesting ride i'm gonna do a specific podcast just on how this came around and like the whole kind of planning and the risks the rewards have gone into it uh, but for now i can kind of just talk about just the overarching thing that's gone on this month we have really really nailed the content on social media i think if anyone follows the synth hub instagram You'll have seen that the, the shorts from the team, Big Up, Alex and Mia, have been insane. So I think we're going to really try and double down on that. We are installing some more analytics tools so we can start to see how people are using the app in the back end. And all in all, it's going great. I think our vision for how we can improve the education piece is um, looking promising. We're doing live classrooms, feedback, challenges. So for any aspiring producer, it's pretty fucking insane what we're building. And if you want to try it out, there's a 9.99 trial. This isn't about trying to sell the app, but I really do think it's something I wish I had because there is the best producers in the world, Luke Van Dyke, Christy Cons, Alex Kidd, Mad Villa, sharing their tips, tricks, showing you how they made the tracks. And it takes away so much guesswork and years of going round in circles for you. So I definitely recommend trying it out. So what else do I want to talk about from this year so far? I'd also like to just say that having six weeks of no alcohol really, really, really set me up. The The gigs that are coming in, being able to balance all this different stuff, you think, you're like, is this because I stopped drinking? And I think the, pro- the answer probably is yes, being consistent with posting on social media, just having the right conversations. I think just the whole thing seems to come together. And I know it's kind of this manifestation thing, but I'm not going to say it. Um, but yeah, I think this whole headspace it gave me was needed. I had a few drinks at the loft on the weekend. Um, was it worth it? I don't really want to think of it like, was it worth it or not? Did I enjoy drinking? I don't think I did. It didn't really give anything. I met with my friend Farrow before the gig. We had a few beers. Would I have been out of that conversation? It wasn't really like alcohol is just a social lubricant and the fact that you can kind of be more confident, puff your chest out a bit and, and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, I think because I did two gigs without drinking, that for the probably like the, the only two times in a long time, I've realized how to socialize again without drinking in a club. So the first time I was a bit like stood there like, okay, this is a bit awkward. Second time I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. Then I played sober, went back to went to bed afterwards, woke up still tired. You still feel tired when you've only slept like two hours. It doesn't matter if you're drunk or not, you're still fucked. Um, but yeah, drank at the weekend smoked probably about 10 ciggies which i'm gonna stop smoking ciggies but then my logic is like if i'm gonna drink i might as well have some ciggies 
Um, I'm not too sure, but I don't really see the point in smoking. It's, it is so fucking pointless when you think about it. But smoking and mixing and drinking is such a nice flow, especially when you're playing records. I think having a cig, finding the record, like the whole, um, it's like med- meditative, uh, the whole thing of like going around. Um, so yeah, I think I might just save ciggies for like the big, big ones because I do really want to keep up my cardiovascular endurance, which I've been um, hammering, which we'll cover before the end, the, the old gym piece. So yeah, the drinking, I was on tequila lemonades. I didn't really feel hungover on the Sunday, but I definitely felt tired. And it was interesting because when I did my gig about three weeks ago in Kosovo, I didn't drink anything, but you could smoke inside the club. And I only had two hours sleep because it was an early pickup. The next day I felt like shit, but like, it was like, ah, I don't know, almost as if I'd been smoked loads of cigs. I think because everyone was smoking inside, I probably had the equivalent of like, 10 marble golds anyway but my clothes really smart smoke um my eyes were hurting and yeah whereas amsterdam i drank smoked physically but i probably wouldn't say i felt much worse but what i did notice was the day after kosovo i felt pretty much brand new again but because i drank after amsterdam i actually felt a bit more tired but i have got my whoop strap which is a fitness tracker which i'd highly recommend i'll put the link in the bio if anyone wants to get one Um, Because you can get like, I think if you use my link, you get a free month and I get a free month. I think they're fucking sick. So we might as well have a free month together. But anyway, this measures your recovery, sleep and all this kind of stuff. And this gave me a green recovery after the weekend straight away. So interestingly, it didn't really affect me according to this, but I played football on Monday night and I went for an 8K run last night and I trained both mornings. So I've gone full power to start the week after a weekend of three hours sleep while on the saturday which last night i felt a bit like oh i felt like shit so i do find that if i hit the hit the training too hard off the back of a weekend of partying a little sleep i don't sleep well after a few nights so it's all in moderation and yeah the, the gym's been going really well i've trained great this this first bit of the year one thing I would say is with no drinking, I've definitely been able to eat a lot more food and get leaner. I don't think it's just the drinking, which is what makes you put weight on. It's if you're drinking at the weekend, then you don't do it the next day. And then you eat more food as well while you're drinking. So it's like this thing of a domino effect. Whereas if you don't drink at the weekend, then you wake up the next morning and you go and train as well. And you go and do loads of steps. Then you have a banana bread. You know, you fit, you've done so much more exercise. And then because you've eaten well all weekend, you've then got more energy to train. So I think this whole cycle of like staying off the booze is crazy. Will I stay off the booze forever? Definitely not because it is fun. But like I said in the Fleur Shore podcast, I just don't see the point of doing... You know, in Amsterdam, people, someone was like, do you want to come, back there, come party afterwards or wherever? And I was just like, I would, the old me would have been like, yes, because they are fun. After parties are fun. But then I'm just like, right now, really? Is there any point? I don't really think there is. So I'm going to stay away from any kitchen after parties for the foreseeable future, unless it is with the whole crew and it's a one-off. Maybe we'll have like two this year, but. I like the idea of going, doing the thing, having fun, and then going back. I might have a little champagne tonight on the plane. Who knows? But in all, I'd like to keep it reasonably chilled. I want to focus on enjoying it, uh, my actual time there and go and do things. I might rent a car. Um, but yeah, I don't really see the point in just 
getting full of it. So, so yeah, the, the start of the year has been great. I want everyone um, to think about are their actions matching their intentions? If you thought you were going to smash life this year and it's not really gone well for this first six, seven weeks, now is the time to reflect and see what's gone wrong. Without any reflection, nothing's going to change. And I think it's really important to have a think, have these conversations with yourself. Um, I would love to hear what you thought of this podcast so far. And if there's any you'd like me to do, like solo extended things, I am going to be doing one with Kurt, my business partner, when I get back, we're going to do an in-person one. Comment who you'd like to see on. And if, you, if there's a person you want to see on, please tell me why. Because it's all well and good saying this person, this person, this person. But if you've not really got a reason for them to come on, like what, what do you want to hear them say? Like there's no point, I can't really bother with conversations about how did you buy your first pair of decks um, and all that kind of convo because I feel like we've done it so many times now and it's not really that insightful, is it? Because uh, everyone's quite different. But I would like to try and have some more challenging conversations on topics which maybe I'm not so well versed in, but I'm interested in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that the 30 minutes that I've shared with you have made your transportation to work or a walk this evening or whatever more enjoyable. I continue to hope to add value and yeah, I'll I'll do my best to keep these up. So enjoy whatever you're up to and like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. I'll speak to you all very soon.